Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Tigers in 20. I am your lead writer and host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. Christian, one thing people will never see is the conversations we have leading up to these episodes, and for the first time in, I think, a year and a half, we don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> we were stuck scratching our heads tonight. First time in a long time. Well, it's pretty amazing that for over 60 weeks now, between Mike Norvell and Penny Hardaway and staff, we have been pretty busy. And and what's crazy is that we're also coming off of one of our busiest weeks of the year uh, in the July evaluation period. I mean, we put out, what, 11 to 14 articles in three days covering over a dozen recruits um so i mean just killed it in terms of content had a ton of information coming out and now a week and a half later it's dead yeah it's completely different i think from a lot of programs because of the i guess the excitement surrounding the program uh overall not just the basketball program but the football program so to have a lull like this, I guess right before fall camp starts and right before everything starts for the football program, it's it's expected. But now that we're at this point and looking at it, it is it is very odd to sit back and discuss topics for the podcast and have no idea what the hell we're going to talk about. So it, it just shows how much craziness and excitement has surrounded the program. And I, it looks like we're only going to get one week of not knowing what to talk about. So I guess we can live with that. Right. So I guess all that to say... Don't be shocked if this is like more like a Tigers in 10 instead of a Tigers in 20 or Tigers in 30 uh, like it normally is. So that said, uh, at the end of this episode, keep, keep listening. I'm going to save some juicy stuff for the end of this episode. But before that, Christian and I definitely wanted to talk about a few things that have happened this week and some content that he's put out on GoTigers247.com. So Christian, uh, you know, like you said, not far from now, we'll be having plenty of content, uh, plenty of information to talk about with um, the fall camp starting later in August. So um, you've written a few articles leading up to that. One is an offensive depth chart, and the second is a defensive depth chart. So why don't you walk through each one of those and kind of preview those and give people an idea of what they're missing if they have not checked out those two articles on the site. Absolutely. So this is the first depth chart we've done since January. So there's a lot of changes. Uh, you know, when we fir- when I first did the depth chart back in January, there was a lot of guys that weren't on campus yet. Um, so there are some shakeups. And also that was before spring camp. So that was before we got to see what the defense could potentially look like. So that's where I want to start because I know there have been a lot of questions on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, what scheme are they going to run? What are they going to look like? Who's going to be changing positions? So I think that's, you know, that's the best reason to start on the defensive side of the ball. And I'll, you know, I'll highlight a couple of positions here. I don't want to go through the whole thing uh, because then we would be sitting here all night. But first off, I want to talk about the defensive line just a little bit because from what we saw in spring practice, it'll be much more of a 4-3, which is not what Memphis fans are used to with with three, four defense under Chris ball. So a little switch in defensive philosophy and it, and it changes up some of those guys that 
fans are so see fans are so used to seeing in different positions. And one of those guys uh, is Jonathan Wilson, who has played three four defensive end uh, in a in a power defensive end. So when you switch to a four three, it's kind of a question mark. You know, where do you put a guy like that? Do you put him at three technique? Do you put him at a strong side defensive end? What do you do? And mostly what we saw in spring practice was him at the right defensive end, which is a strong side defensive end. Uh, I believe he'll be the starter there. And then when we look at, and this is something we've talked about a lot, Brooks, over the past few weeks, is uh, the depth of the defensive line. We know the interior is a, a little weaker and doesn't have as much proven depth, but the defensive end spots, when you look at what they brought in in the 2019 class and what they're returning, it's it's pretty exciting if you're a Memphis fan because you look at guys like Jonathan Wilson and, and uh, Joseph Dorsius, who are proven guys who have been here. Uh, Bryce Huff, another guy who had a breakout year last year that will be playing defensive end. And then you look at the guys they brought in in the 2019 class, Jaleel Clemens, Wardalis Ducksworth, um, uh, Cade Mash or Colt Mashburn. Um, they brought in a lot of talent, so there's a lot of new talent there. Uh, also a JUCO guy like Everett Cunningham who – who played very well in the spring. So defensive line is going to look completely different this year. Uh, a lot of new names, a lot of guys that are unproven. But it could be an exciting unit for as much as, we, as we've talked about the lack of depth and you know how they struggled up front last year. I think this is a position unit um, that could surprise a lot of people this year because of that 2019 class. So that's really where I want to hit on the defensive side of the ball just because it's so interesting. I think it's so interesting when you have a philosophy change on defense, especially with a roster that is tuned towards a different system um, and the defensive line. I think a lot of people know the defensive line is, is where everything starts. You can't really be successful if you don't have at least a decent defensive line. So I think a lot of people have question marks there. Um, and to get the full list and to get the full effect for you know, what I think is coming and this could be completely changed next week when they start fall camp everything could be shaken up and I can look like a fool but from from everything I saw in spring this this is a lot of what I see right now so that's really what I try to bring with that depth chart and like you said Brooks that's over on GoTigers247.com and you can get a better feel for what I'm seeing uh, as far as the Tigers defense. Well headed into fall camp later you know in August that's got to be one of the biggest storylines is the defensive line, the, the young talent, the depth at that position that you're looking for when, when you're there for practice heading into that first game against Ole Miss. So to me, that storyline, and I think to, you know the second storyline that really sticks out to me is what kind of jump Brady White is going to have from last season to this year. I mean, people gave him a hard time, but man, his numbers t told a different story. You know, they they were very very good. Um, you know, they they were very similar to uh, other very successful quarterbacks from Memphis. When when people compare those stats uh, to previous season, I just don't know how people can be so hard on him. I get the. I guess the criticism on this deep ball, but he was overall very, very productive. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing, did he work on those things that Memphis fans criticized him for last year? Yeah, I mean, it it is puzzling. It's puzzled me since really the middle of the year when all the criticism started coming in. And a point that I believe you made to me uh, back during the 2018-2019 season was when you're following guys like Paxton Lynch and Riley Ferguson who had a ton of success and uh, were very flashy with their deep balls and they they weren't necessarily the most mobile guys in the pocket but from the from from fans perspective they were more mobile than uh, Brady White so to kind of have a change in 
in pace as far as the quarterback goes, I think is a big reason why Brady White caught so much flack. A reason why I well, think... Well, yeah, it's it's easy to throw the ball down the field when you've got Anthony Miller, you know? Absolutely, and that and that's perfect. You can underthrow a ball and he's going to get it. Yeah, and that's perfect for the next point because Brady White didn't have a ton of weapons last year. If you look at what he had as far as receivers go, he had DeMonte Coxey, who we know um, is one of the best receivers in the American Athletic Conference. And then outside of that, you had John Pop Williams, who is a slot guy who really only caught screens last year. Um, and then a lot of guys who were up and down, guys like Antonio Gibson, who would have a couple good games and then disappear for stretches of games. And then you had, obviously, Tony Pollard, who was having to play more running back than expected um, with injuries to Daryl Henderson in the middle of the season. Um, and I think a lot of concern about keeping him fresh led to Tony playing more running back than expected as well. And he was the second leading receiver, and he's gone. So when you look at what they're bringing back, guys like Kenny Gainwell, who's one of the most electric guys on the team, uh, who redshirted last year. So fans didn't get to see a lot of him. But from watching him last year all throughout uh, fall practice and, and seeing him in the spring, he's definitely one of the biggest playmakers on the field. I think they have a lot of guys that are interchangeable at the running back spot and the tailback spot, which would be you know where Tony Pollard played last year, kind of that gadget position. They brought in a guy like Travion Sam Samuel from Troy, who was almost a four-star grad transfer, uh, who also played at Louisville. So he's, you know, very quick, very he fast. He's tiny. Yeah, he is he is not a he big fellow. Little bitty. He is little, but he's dynamic. He's a playmaker. He's he's quick. He's fast. Uh he kind of fits that running back, uh, tailback, gadget player mold. So he I feel like overall, even though he did lose a guy like Tony Pollard, that the weapons are gonna be a little bit more polished this year. Uh, for Brady White, and I believe with the tight ends coach change, I know obviously that doesn't pertain to the whole offense. It's not like an offensive coordinator change, but I think when with a guy last year like Will Hall um, did not want to use the tight ends as much as receivers. That's why you didn't see Joey Magnifico and Sean Dykes in a lot of two tight end sets. You didn't see them going out for a lot of passes, but you know now with Tony Tokars, Kevin Johns and Mike Norvell kind of all coming together on this. I think we'll see the tight ends used more in the passing game this year because they really are weapons. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What about the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? New NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Well, Christian, I'm absolutely shocked. We are right around 10 minutes in, and we're still going, and I've got some more stuff to talk about. So maybe we undersold this episode. Uh, I think with that said, I'm ready to transition to a little bit of basketball before we close this thing out. Um, we talked about this before we started. Um, last week, a week and a half ago, we did eight prospects to watch following the July evaluation period. Uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm going to thump my chest a little bit and you should yours too, Christian. Uh, it's amazing to see as, as the week closes out and I guess the follow-ups with prospects begins to happen as media outlets begin reaching out to these kids. You see, uh, that we're pretty spot on with a lot of these things. So one thing that we did not talk about is uh, Memphis ended up offering class of 2020 wing 
Jay Scrub. He's the number one overall JUCO player in the country. He's uh, formerly from Louisville, Kentucky. He's uh, at Johnny Logan Junior College, community college, where Stan Simpson went. And, you know, by all accounts, Jay Scrub is an absolute stud. Um, you know, he's been mentioned with Louisville. Um, you know, I can't even remember who else right now. But Louisville is close to getting a visit. And so is Memphis. Uh, Christian, do we take anything away from Memphis getting involved with Jay Scrub with other, like, wing targets with a guy like, let's say, Jaden Springer? Or, um, I mean, what do you think? Do is there anything to be concerned about if you're a Memphis fan? Well, Brooks, this is exactly what we talked about before the start of Peach Jam. And I know, obviously, Jay Scrub's not a guy who plays on the AAU circuit. So it wasn't that reason that, you know, they didn't see him at Peach Jam and say, oh, we got to offer this guy. But it's about casting a wide net. And this we said that at least three or four times a couple weeks ago that they were going to cast a wide net after the AAU circuit was done. And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, you you know they got targets like Jalen Green, Jaden Springer, guys that can play the two and the three. But why would you not target some of these other guys? Because if you end up missing out on a guy and you have no backup plans, then you just kind of have to start scrambling. So to be able to, so so to be able to start targeting a guy like Jay Scrub, who is a, a great scorer at all three three levels, averaged nineteen and a half points last year at at John Logan College. Uh, was one of the top scorers at the JUCO level, and like you said, is the top player at the JUCO level, um, and really could potentially fill a need if you know that was a target that Memphis identified and they wanted. Uh, so it, it makes sense to 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 kind of do this and and kind of go broad and and get as many guys involved as you can. Um, and like you said, he's you know he's setting up visits to Louisville and Cincinnati. Um, and I think we've learned if Memphis wants a visit, they'll probably get a visit too. So if the, if if they want a guy like Jay Scrub and they're serious about a guy like Jay Scrub wouldn't be completely surprised if they get a visit from him as well. Well, Scrub is uh, unofficially visiting Louisville on August 1st and then following that up the next weekend with an official visit to Cincinnati on the 6th. Um, you know, with, when you, when you subscribe to go tigers, two, four, seven.com, you not only get Christian, you not only get me, but you get guys like Evan Daniels, our national recruiting director and Evan posted tonight on go tigers, two, four, seven, that he also expects Memphis to get a visit in the near future, uh, possibly as soon as August. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think that there, it hurts Memphis none to go after Jay Scrub. Jay Scrub is argu arguably a, an NBA first round 2020 draft pick uh, based upon the things that I've read and seen about Scrub. Um, there is a possibility that he could be one of the first Juco players to go straight into the draft following his sophomore year in quite a while. Um, so Scrub is a talent. So I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that they're pursuing an obvious high level talent. Uh, I just think it's interesting. Uh, another guy that came out of the summer evaluation period, the July evaluation period, was Josh Hall, 6'9", wing, uh, 2020 out of North Carolina. He plays with Team Loaded North Carolina. Memphis watched him at the Adidas Gauntlet. And, uh, you know, Josh came out tonight and, and said that, you know, one of the schools he's hearing a lot from is Memphis. Uh, another offer I'm going to let you throw this one out is uh, that happened since last week is a Nike guy. He's a 2021 guy. I think you know who I'm talking about. Absolutely. That's Devin Askew who plays for team. Why not on the circuit? A guy I've 
gotten to watch a few times now. I got to watch him at the MEPA camp, got to watch him at Peach Jam. And, you know, we had a conversation afterwards and I said, after MBPA and after Peach Jam, and I said he was one of the most impressive players there. Um, and then we reported that Memphis was interested in getting involved and it didn't take, it didn't take much longer for them to offer. And, and like I said in the article about the new targets, I was not surprised at all. Um, Mike Miller and Penny Hardaway both watched Team Why Not uh, multiple times throughout the week, and Devin Askew was just as impressive consistently, if not more impressive, than Jalen Green, and that's obviously saying a lot. Um, Devin is really an all-around player, a very unselfish guard who sees the floor very well. Um, not the biggest guard. six. He is 6'3", though, so he still kind of fits that mold of uh, Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller and the coaching staff going after bigger guards. So I think that's somebody we'll likely see them target more in the 2021 class because, in my opinion, he's a very special talent. Um, he's listed as a combo guard. I, I see him as, as a pure point guard because – just the passing ability, the unselfishness, the the leadership, the ball control, everything that Devin Askew does really screams point guard to me, not combo guard. Well, he was also on our list of eight prospects to watch coming out of July. Um, so we're betting a pretty good percentage here. One that we missed, though, is Isaiah Jackson, class of 2020 uh, forward. Memphis offered him two days ago, I guess on Saturday over the weekend. Uh, what do you take from this? He's another EYBL guy. Well, it's another guy that, and this keeps going back to what we've been saying for over a month now, um, since they missed out on Ray John Tucker about having wings. And um, Isaiah Jackson is another guy that could potentially play wing, which we know is something that they are targeting in the 2020 class. So it's it's imperative to keep going back to that and, and saying that that's obviously going to be a target, that's obviously going to be a position that they're after. Um, and I didn't get to see Isaiah a ton at Peach Jam, but I did get to see him some long athletic wing, fits the bill of basically prototypical three, uh, can play three and four, just another guy that's really versatile, really long and athletic. So I think now even more we start to see what the staff wants and what they target, and it's these you know, these freak athlete guys that are versatile and can play all the positions, and, and like I said, Isaiah fits that bill. Well, I, th- I think that's it on all of the new offers and new interest that's coming out of July. Am I missing anybody? That is, I don't that's think it I since, since the AAU started. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it in a week. Uh, nothing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, nothing. Um, so... so with that, I've got nothing else, but I am going to end the show with some juicy nuggets. Like I said, Christian doesn't even know this is coming. I'm going to go ahead and throw out some predictions, and I never do this. I never do this it. This is a rare Brooks Hansen and moment I, right here. On Twitter, somebody, you know, Kenny posted a question and said, hey, if you've got questions for Tigers in 20 this week, we'd love to hear them. I guess that's not really a question. It's a statement. But Kenny posted that on Twitter, and one of the things was, uh, what's going on with Jalen Green's recruitment? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Unless something dramatic happens or unexpected happens, unless Memphis gets an unexpected commitment from a guy that they have more highly prioritized than Jalen. Which there aren't many. I expect, no. Um, And we've talked about that pretty in depth, that Jalen's pretty high up that depth chart. I, I, you know, Kentucky, yes, Kentucky is in there. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that if we fast forward a year 
Jalen Green will be a part of Memphis's 2020 recruiting class. Man, I don't. Sometimes no. you just take me completely for a whirl. No, I had no, <laughs> I had no heads up on that one. I mean, I'm not saying that it's happening anytime soon. Now it could. It would not shock me if Memphis got a commitment for 2020 before the summer is completely over, and you know we're talking about Memphis madness approaching the end of September, and we're getting into fall. I, it would not shock me if Memphis went into fall with at least one commitment at all. Could it be Jalen Green? Sure. Sure. I, I know that Jalen Green and in, in interviews at Peach Jam kind of played it off like, oh, I'm going to take my time and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. And, I'll, you know, I, bottom line is if it happens in August, September, December, or next March, I fully believe that Jalen Green will end up at Memphis. And I'm going to go even further. If if there's one prospect in 2021 that I would say Memphis leads for uh, and loves, now I'm not going to predict if and when a commitment's going to happen. It could change because Memphis is obviously shifting their priorities in 2021 and offering new players. For example, Kennedy Chandler from Briarcrest to Memphis. But if there's one player without a doubt that Memphis leads for and could pull the trigger on and probably get right now is Jordarian J.D. J. Davidson out of uh, Calhoun High School in Letahatchee, Alabama. Place for Alabama Fusion. Everybody knows about him because of us. We, we, you know, we broke the news about his unofficial visit last season. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't know is I think JD's still underrated. He finally got ranked, which is crazy to think that he went that long with being unranked, but he's now <clears throat> he's now in the top 50. Uh, and I think you and me both will say there that he will be much higher by the time uh, it comes for him to commit or to be, you know, to be in the upcoming class. So, like you said, Brooks, another guy to to keep an eye on and obviously the train is still rolling in Memphis. Well, yeah, I mean, J- J.D., he's only scratched the surface of his ability. Uh, he's physically just so far ahead of everybody because of his elite-level athleticism, and his game is only going to come along as his maturity and his kind of killer instinct develops behind all of that talent. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm just throwing out to, you know, one 2020, one 2021 class guy. I might as well go ahead and do 2022. Right, I mean, I mean, if you, if you, I'm just gonna, <laughs> if you got it, I mean, I'm just gonna say, if Mike Miller is still at Memphis, Dior Johnson is at Memphis in 2022. Well, I will tell you what, people are going to be pissed if they do not stick around to the end of this episode because you do not ever get exclusive content like that from Brooks Hanson on the fly. I just, I kind of made up my mind that I was gonna do it, and we're now over 20 minutes. This is amazing. We we somehow hit our actual target of Tigers in 20, and we thought we had nothing to talk about. No wonder we always go over. Every yeah 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 we talk we talk too much, man. It's it's tried and true every time. Well, so I mean this this might be our shortest episode ever though. So I guess people can be proud of us for that. Stop talking. I got nothing else. That's a wrap. Let's go. Call it. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. 
If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. We will see you back here next week.